Welcome to Asset Protection Today. Good morning to you. I am Jason Kong here with attorney Bill Alexander off of uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jason. I mean, hey, this long, long weekend. This is the, in some ways, the best, 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 very best time of the year. You know, we celebrated uh, Thanksgiving, although for most of us, Thanksgiving was tempered. Uh, in a big way uh, because of um, not being able to get together in large groups and those kinds of things. I uh, hope folks didn't get rained out, uh, you know, those kind of things. But, I, I mean, even for us, uh, there was uh, only six of us. Well, actually, there was only four, and then we got two more that, that came in late uh, Thanksgiving night. Um, so, but there were plenty of leftovers. So. <laughs> In fact, we still have plenty of leftovers. That's all that matters. That's really all that matters. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of the nicest things about Thanksgiving. And you know, one of the one of the things that I give thanks for as it relates to Thanksgiving is that Thanksgiving is all about being together. Even though for a lot of us, some of it was Zoom, and t- particularly for extended family, but it, it's kind of thing where. Th- the only real expectation other than being together and laughing and and enjoying each other's company is food what's better than that you know there's there's no expectation for gift giving or any of the other stuff that uh, comes with christmas and other times of the year it's really just about being together so to me that's that's the reason Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. It always has been, and well, at least since I've grown up, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so. nice. I think a lot of people were uh, thrown off by Thanksgiving this year, but once once we got into it, it was kind of nice. It was nice to just have an yeah. intimate setting and a little quieter. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, no awkward family interactions, no one talking politics at the dinner table. It was. It it was a nice change of speed. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. Okay, so now, typically this time of year, less so for a lot of folks, although there were a lot of folks that disregarded the um, uh, the advice of health experts and got on the airplanes and moved around the country to see family, and I, I understand why. I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing where all of us are tired uh, of the having to sequester ourselves and uh, the the whole bit, um, but it's kind of thing where if you were together with family, um, then hopefully you you did have a wonderful time uh, talking and enjoying each other and getting out and doing some things that you could do safely. But one of the things I want to talk about, and and if you miss the opportunity over Thanksgiving, hopefully you'll have the opportunity over Christmas or sometime sooner rather than later. And what I really want to talk about are family conversations that need to take place, conversations that sometimes rarely happen. (laughs) Because, you know, it's the kind of thing where... Um, it, it, one of the things. Well, let me let me go back and put it this way. You know, I, I as you know, I, I do a lot of trust planning, and I enjoy doing trust planning. And one of the things that I try to incorporate in almost every trust that I do for a client or a family 
is what we call disability planning. And the fact is, is that most trusts that I review don't even have a, a single word in there about disability planning. And you might say, well, why is that important? Well, for me, life planning is so important. It's how do we take care of ourselves? How do we take care of our spouse? How do we uh, deal with life issues, which are far more complex than death issues? Death issues, uh, you know, when it happens, it's done. You, you have to get over it. You have to move on. But that's not the way it is with life issues. And the fact is, is that we, as we get older, sometimes we lose it. <laughs> I hate to say that. Uh, and here's so here's the thing. If all we have is a power of attorney, a general durable power of attorney, and, and you've heard me talk about how important that document is, and it really is, particularly to seniors, to have a different kind of power of attorney, one that we call an advanced power, one that gives your trusted agent significant authority. But what if you have a trust? Well, with a trust, if you have a disability plan in it, what you're doing is giving your agent, the trustee, a fiduciary duty to carry out your guidance that's contained in your trust to be, you know, for, them, for your trustee to spend your money the way you want it spent on you. Well, to me, that's a pretty big deal. You know, if you give a power of attorney to somebody, hopefully your spouse or your children or a child uh, or someone who's trusted, you're giving them authority, but you're giving them no direction. So it's like, here it is, do whatever you think is right, or at least that's what most people think, and I'm going to go into that in a few minutes, but... With a trust, you can actually set out how you want to be taken care of. Guess what, for most people, is the most important thing to them when they get old in terms of how they might be taken care of? What do you think it is? Staying at home. It is. Don't put me in that old nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and the fact is sometimes there's no options other than that. But to the degree that we have the financial ability to do things differently other than be placed in a nursing home, yeah, that's exactly what people want. Oftentimes it is, in fact, to be cared for at home. Um, so then the question is, how do you want to be cared for? Well, this requires a conversation, or it requires, you know, what's important to you? Now, there are lots of other conversations that we know we need to have that can be difficult, such as when to pull the plug, you know, the, what's called, you know, a living will, or in North Carolina, it's called an advanced directive for natural death. Very, very important, but we're all different. And the fact is that our spouse may know us well, may know what makes us tick, what we enjoy, what we don't enjoy, which is really important. But do our children know that stuff? 
I guarantee you the answer is absolutely not. So if the conversation never takes place, you don't know those those things that your parent knows about themselves or that the spouse knows about each other. Um, and so um, that's a really important you know, when it comes to health issues in terms of if this happens to me, this is what I, I want you to do, that's an important conversation. But it's also important in terms of guidance for a lot of other things. And a disability plan is where you can actually put that into place. Uh, and what I like to tell folks, I mean, because obviously we can write into a document, don't put me in a nursing home. We can say, keep me at home as long as my, my resources allow. Uh, give me the maximum amount of independence. Who doesn't want that? Uh, give me the things that I enjoy. If, that's, if that happens to be books or magazines or uh, a great uh, television or computer access or emails or or whatever it is, music, uh, lots of different things. You know what's important to a lot of folks? What they eat, you know? You can put that in your guidance, you know? Or if what I like to tell clients is, what are your bad habits? What, what are the things that you enjoy that your children might say, you shouldn't do that, Dad. That's bad for you. <laughs> and what does Dad say? It's like, I don't care. <laughs> I like to have my chocolate or I like to have my my wine in the afternoon or my scotch at night or whatever it is or for some uh, not me but if you know it's the kind of thing if you smoke uh, are your children gonna agree with that heck no but if you're 85 or 90 years old do you care what they think when it comes to that no you don't you but you know that every healthcare f professional is going to say dad stop that right now because you might die from that and what does dad say i don't care <laughs> so the fact is if you put it into your disability plan then you're giving your agent, your trustee, a fiduciary duty to carry out your plan. And that's why having these discussions can be so important. And the other reason why it can, can be important is because, guess what? Your children are sitting there. Normally, at that at some point, they become your trustee, and they're taking care of you, and you're puttering around, hopefully, uh, and, and hoping to stay at home and have have uh, nice nurses take care of you and that sort of thing. And guess what? The kids could, if they didn't have a fiduciary duty, they could say, "Well, it'll be a whole lot cheaper for us to put dad in a home." And that would save us a lot of money. And guess what? We get to inherit everything that we don't spend on good old dad. Uh, well, you know, that's not what you want your children to do. You want your children to carry out your guidance to take care of you. I mean, you're the one who, who basically accumulated this wealth, this money. Now, if you run out of money, you know, sometimes your choices are very limited, but if you've got the resources, then the fact is, is that you want to give people, your trustee, <clears throat> a fiduciary duty to do what you want them to do for you. 
And that can be so important because, quite frankly, they could have a conflict of interest in terms of taking care of you the way. What's the conflict? They get to inherit what you what they don't spend on you. So, <laughs> so anyway, these conversations can be really important. And, and I know we have to take a break because you're giving me that evil eye. But we'll come back and talk some more about this. It's more of a polite smile than an evil eye, Bill. I would, I would say that. But we do need to take a break, and we're having a wonderful conversation about the need for family conversations. And don't forget that December 9th will be here before you know it, and that is when Bill will be doing his next set of seminar, seminars slash webinars. You can find more information online at wgalaw.com. Dot com wgalaw.com bill has two seminars that he does one dealing with long-term care assistance this has to do with medicaid as well as va benefits and the other seminar deals with asset protection and trust planning they're free to attend it's free to register all you have to do is go online to wgalaw.com and click on the seminars button or you can call 919-256-7000-919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And Bill, we're having a conversation about the need for family conversations, and this is uh, probably the easiest time to do it as we're uh, now in the thick of the holiday season. And you know, conveying your wishes and having control over what you want uh, done with your life when you get to a point where maybe you don't have as much control um, and having your wishes enacted, this is something that I, that I think all of us really want. I don't think there's anyone that just sits back and says, eh, do whatever you want to me when I don't have the power to do it myself. It's not always about you losing control. It may very well be your influence over your children and grandchildren. You know, we like to think that we can be a positive influence on our children and grandchildren. Now, Jason, I'll just say, okay, so how old is your are your children right now? I've got a four-year-old and a nine-month-old. Okay, so do you think you have influence over them? Very little, <laughs> it seems. Well, right now, I guess I do have a lot of control. But, well, uh, you do have control, but maybe not as much influence as you would like, <laughs> uh, you know, as they grow and they start spreading their wings. Now, uh, you hope that the way you live your life is uh, meaningful to your children, right? Of course. And you hope that your values become the values of your children, right? Absolutely. Okay. Well, <clears throat> this, you know, it's a, it's a fun exercise that um, a lot of the ladies like to do this. Uh, there are not that many men that do it, but quite frankly, it's a pretty good exercise for the guys as well. And, uh, and the fact is, is that you hope that you still have influence on your children, even after they grow up, they get married, they have your grandchildren. 
um, you hope you're still very much a part of their life and that you still have some influence in in that sense. But, you know, one of the things that I like to encourage my clients to do is to uh, write a letter to their young children or even older children. I mean, because one of the things that we're asked um, is about, you know, what do we do? What kind of planning do we do as a young couple when we have children? What happens if something happens to both my spouse and me and our children are left here to be cared by for by others. Now, and there, there are two pieces. There are three pieces of the pie. There, number one is who's going to actually take our children in and take care of our kids, and so that's where you want to appoint a guardian, and you recommend the appointment of a guardian in your last will and testament. Then, hopefully, you have created a well-structured trust for your children in your will or in a trust document, depending on the circumstances. But most young couples do it in their last will and testament. And then you appoint a person who can take care of their property. That, you know, that means everything that they inherit from you. You give a person a fiduciary duty to basically manage, invest, and distribute the property as your kids need it growing up, okay? Until your children get to an age where they're of maturity, whatever that is, and for many families that's 25, for some it's 21, but the majority are somewhere between 25 and 30. And, you know, in my own experience, the later the better. (laughs) So particularly for the boys, uh, boys tend to mature slower than our girls do. Uh, And this, this is coming from a man with Two boys, no girls. <laughs> okay. So now, um, one of the, the uh, fun exercises is to write a letter to your young children in terms of your hopes and dreams and expectations and goals. In other words, what you really want for them. Now, For the folks who actually do it, you hope that the kids never have to read that letter uh, because you've departed this earth. But how meaningful it would be to your children to have that in their hands. Or you can also write a letter to their guardian and or trustee about how you want them to take care of your children and how you want your trustee to invest and distribute money to your children while they're growing up. Um, but it, it, it may be that uh, you hope that your children embrace the Lord and go to church or go to the synagogue or, or the like, uh, uh, or it may be uh, the values uh, th- uh, that you see from the scouting program or Girl Scouting uh, or the like. Um, uh, it, it, there are a lot of different ways to describe it, and I'm certainly not saying I, I have the answers. I don't. It's just what are your values? What are your goals and dreams and hopes for your kids? To write that letter can be extremely meaningful, and it's even meaningful to adult 
children. You know, sometimes our children make us proud. Sometimes they disappoint us. I mean, all of our children do that for us. I mean, that's just the way it is. But it's the kind of thing where being able to tell your children how proud you are of them, that's something that most of us don't do like we should, how much we love them. You know, sometimes we're good at that, sometimes we're not. But how important is that to people? Well, this is the time of year where you better get this right. (laughs) So it's really, really important to people uh, to know uh, how meaningful they are to you and vice versa. I mean, it's um, how much better it is when we know that we're loved and, and, um, and, and that we have meaning in other people's lives. Well, the fact is, is most of us don't talk about it. Most of us uh, keep silent, and we shouldn't. And if we can't say it out loud, then we should write it down. And sometimes writing it down is far more meaningful over time than having it said. Because when you write it down, you know what the difference is? It's there forever. That's exactly right. It's forever. And and so to me, writing it down is really important. And it's not something that your lawyer or your advisor can help you do. This is, is something that has to come from your heart. And I would just simply say, this is the time of year to get it right. Yeah, that's a a wonderful thought, Bill. And I'm sure that uh, all of us could benefit not only from doing that, but all of us would really love to have a letter like that. I think that would be extremely meaningful to just about everyone. You can uh, register for Bill's seminars. Don't forget that. That is happening December 9th, Wednesday, December 9th. We do this the second Wednesday of every month. Bill has two seminars that he does dealing with long-term care assistance and the other dealing with asset protection and trust planning some of the topics that we're touching on today wgalaw.com just click on the seminars button it is free to register free to attend these seminars are filled with such wonderful information and you can do it from the comfort of your own home bill is doing these remotely these days so all you need is an internet connection and a device with an email address and you're good to go wgalaw.com Just click on the Seminars button or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. We are taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find more about Bill online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're having a wonderful discussion this morning, post-Thanksgiving, of course. And, uh, you know, Bill, we're talking about the need for family conversations and making sure that your wishes are enacted. And in doing that, you know, you're making sure that you're picking the right person to enact these wishes. And that's a big responsibility. I wanted to talk briefly about what it means. And when you appoint a trustee or an agent under a general durable power of attorney, uh, 
and uh, you know some folks simply call it an agent your agent or some folks will actually say i am a power of attorney or i am an attorney in fact um or a healthcare agent, same thing, you know, where you've appointed someone to make healthcare decisions for you when you can't do it yourself. Well, what you've done when you've appointed a trustee or an agent is created a fiduciary relationship. And uh, so I wanted to explain what that means. Fiduciary is a funky word, obviously, but it's a high calling. It is a high standard. It is a duty in the law to do certain things. Same thing's true when you go to an attorney. An attorney has a fiduciary duty to help you in the best way possible. In other words, what's in your best interest? To give you advice, give you the options that are in your best interest. And so, but it's more important for you to understand your own documents when you appoint a trustee. You've created a trust with a trustee, or you've signed a power of attorney, financial power of attorney, called a general durable power of attorney or a healthcare power of attorney. What is that fiduciary responsibility? And it might surprise you, it actually varies a little bit from one state to another state. In North Carolina, we have two primary fiduciary rules. Rule number one, the primary rule is for your agent to do what you want them to do. <laughs> In other words, their duty is to make decisions consistent with the decisions that you would make for yourself if you were acting on your own. But they're acting on your behalf as your agent. So their duty is to do what you would do if they know what you would do. Okay? Now, the second duty, the secondary duty, if they don't know what you would want or what you would do, is to do what's in your best interest. Okay, now why is rule number one important? Well, is rule number one is important because many of us don't always make the selfish decisions that are based on our own best interest. Oftentimes we make decisions that are in someone else's best interest. Oftentimes our spouse or our children, our family members, uh, for whatever reason, because that's what makes us unique human beings. You know, we all have different personalities. We all have different needs and wants, and and uh, we make decisions differently. And so knowing, see, that's why I was talking about conversations, because knowing what your principal wants and how they think and what they would do is a very important element in being able to be a good agent, knowing what your principal would do or doing what's in their best interest. Now, I said that the rule's not consistent from one state to another because, to the best of my knowledge, all states have rule number two, do what's in your principal's best interest. But many states don't have rule number one, which is to do what your principal would do. So North Carolina is one of the states that has rule number one, do 
act in accordance with what your principal would want you to do and make decisions consistent with what your principal would do. So that, to me, is a good rule, and, and it's a North Carolina rule. But recognize that in another state, you may not have rule number one, and you just have rule number two. So that's a fiduciary duty. It's a high calling, a high standard, uh, and your failure to do it um, can get you in trouble as an agent. And, of course, the conversations, or if you have a trust with written instructions, that makes it pretty straightforward in terms of what that duty is. More information and more directions always helps in those regards. We do have to take a quick break. We will be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us. I am Jason Kong, and we're having a wonderful discussion today on many facets. And I know one of the subjects that you wanted to touch on is Medicaid. First of all, I'm not talking about Medicare. You know, Medicare is the health insurance program that all seniors uh, end up with. Uh, and, of course, Medicare is a wonderful health insurance program for seniors. It's not a perfect program, but it's certainly one that helps an awful lot of folks in lots of different ways. But Medicaid is a needs-based program. In other words, you know, everyone's not eligible for it. And But there are a lot of different things about Medicaid, and this is one reason why our seminar is pretty popular is because it is very, very confusing. But the first thing I want folks to understand is particularly for those folks who end up having to go to a nursing facility. Now, we've already said nobody wants to go. That is a true statement. But the fact is, if there's no choice, in other words, there's just no way you can be safely cared for at home under any circumstances, and that could be because of family dynamics, it could be because there's no family here, it could be because you lack the financial resources to pay others to to do that, because taking care of you at home is a very, very expensive proposition, uh, and it's less expensive in a nursing home. Now, I'll be the first to say, I don't want to go either. Uh, I will be, uh, you know, uh, all of us who work in this area know that being cared, there's not a single nursing home out there where you get really good care, and I don't care how much it costs. Uh, It's not what anyone would want it to be. It, it, It will never meet what you want it to be okay and it doesn't matter if it's ten thousand dollars a month it's still not the kind of care you want for yourself or a loved one so but it is important for folks to know because there are very few families that have the financial wherewithal 
to stay at home very long un- unless they have a spouse or a child that's a full-time caregiver. Uh, and that, you know, you can wear your caregiver out and then you're done. But uh, And that happens frequently. But there are not many people that can actually afford to hire folks to come to their home 24-7. Uh, and or uh, even to pay the cost of nursing care. Because in North Carolina, the average cost of a nursing home each month is about $7,500 and can be a whole lot more than that. That's just sort of the basic cost. Now, there are a few nursing homes that are a little less than that, but that gives you a pretty good idea. So how many folks actually have that much income? Very few. How much? How many people have enough savings or resources in the bank or liquidity, if you will, to uh, pay for that type of care for very long? Again, not many. And so it's it's the kind of thing. I mean, I've known lots of very well-to-do families that did not have the liquidity to pay for that type of care for very long. They might have been, you know, a net worth of a million or two or three, but they had they didn't have a whole lot of cash in the bank. And of course, you can't pay a nursing home with chickens. You got to pay them with money. <laughs> so there's not a bartering system for for paying for nursing care. So the, the first thing is the fact that uh, pe- families need to know, because one of the things about being together with family members this time of year is that oftentimes we see our loved ones going downhill that we didn't observe last year. We know they're not as uh, healthy now as they were six months ago or a year ago, the last time we might have seen them. So it, it's the kind of thing where families need to know that if you have a loved one that needs nursing facility care and if paying for that care is any kind of struggle, in other words, you don't have enough monthly income uh, and, you're, and you would like to be able to preserve the, the uh, liquidity that you've got and preserve your home and preserve the other assets that you have, that you can actually do it. And in other words, a lot of folks think wrongly that you have to have spent down everything you have, you have to be poor in order to get Medicaid if you need nursing facility uh, care. And the opposite is actually true, is the fact that uh, now it's a complicated system with complicated rules, and, and we stay busy helping folks, but most families can, in fact, preserve much of their uh, liquidity and their home and other property they have while getting a loved one the Medicaid assistance that they need. And when they do that, one of the really good things about it is then they can use that money that they have preserved and the property that they have preserved in order to supplement your loved one's care in the nursing home, that because if you don't, if you're not that way, if you're having to pay seven or eight thousand dollars a month for care, you don't have an extra penny to supplement that care. But if you're on Medicaid and Medicaid is paying the majority of the bill, and you've preserved a good bit of 
your resources, then you do have enough money to hire sitters and others to basically take care of you during the day um, because you can afford it, because you've actually preserved that. And there's so many families that really screw this up. And that's one reason why our seminar can be so important. But I just had, uh, in the last week or two, I had a client who came in to me, uh, and and the truth is, we had done, our law firm had done the documents for the family. And I know, and I can say this without reservation, when I do documents for the family, I know that they will work to allow us to do asset protection planning when a loved one needs care. And so in this particular case, uh, the family member needed nursing care, and they had placed mom in a nursing home a year ago, okay? And, And they never called us, never told us, never asked for additional advice, but mom and dad had our documents, okay? But they didn't contact us, and so now they're almost out of money, so now they come see us. What a terrible mistake. And I said, look, if you had just called us when mom had to go into the nursing home, we could have preserved this money and saved the house and done all this other stuff. Well, we can still preserve the house, and we can still preserve what little is left, but what a terrible mistake because they just didn't seek advice. They thought that the advice they were getting from the nursing home and the social workers about just pay the bill until you don't have any money left and then apply for Medicaid. Well, that that's bad advice. That's a terrible thing to do. This, And so, again, this is one of the reasons why uh, attending our webinar on long-term care is so important because it's not just about what you might get. It's also important for folks to understand how the rules work if you uh, are trying to stay at home uh, or whether if you need assisted living because the rules are different at every level of care. And, of course, the other one is for our veterans have a, even a different system that they can look to Uh, with VA benefits, depending on a lot of different circumstances. So, again, that's where our webinar can be extremely helpful to folks. So uh, I know there's no way that I can cover all of the different things uh, in a short radio program. Uh, And, in fact, we can't cover everything in a webinar, but we can certainly teach folks uh, the basics in terms of what they need to know to help them make decisions when these long-term care issues raise their ugly head. Um, And that's what it's all about. Yeah, and it's valuable information, as you've said, Bill, because the consequences of waiting until uh, you basically have nothing left can be completely catastrophic. So that's why, you know, we've talked about the costs involved. You could be uh, retaining that money. All you have to do to find more information to learn more about this very confusing subject is attend one of Bill's seminars. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. You can register for the seminars coming up on Wednesday, December 9th. As I said earlier, Bill has two seminars that he does, one dealing with this exact topic, long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, and the other seminar has to do with asset protection and trust planning. It's all online. It's just done remotely, so you can do it from the comfort of your own home. 
and it's free. You know, don't fall into all the misinformation that's out there because there is so much of it. Learn from Bill for free. Go to WGALaw.com and click on that seminars button to register for the seminars coming up on December 9th. If you prefer to speak with someone on the phone, you can call the office at 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Jason Kong here. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bill, I feel like we've we've crammed a whole lot into this past hour. Yeah, we have. But let me keep on this this track because what about those folks that say, "Well, I I know that I'm sick. I need nursing care, but I sure as heck don't want to go into a nursing home." Are there any programs out there that might be able to help me other than my having to go into a nursing facility? And the answer is there are a couple, depending on where you live. And one program is called PACE, P-A-C-E. That's for those folks who need nursing care but have a safety plan and can stay at home. Uh, But that is limited to those folks who live in a PACE area. So in this area, if you live in Wake County or Durham County or Orange County or Chatham County, there's a program. But if you live in Franklin County or Johnston County, you're out of luck. And it's all because of the legislature who has frozen the expansion of PACE programs. So if you live in Franklin or Johnson, talk to your legislator and hopefully get them to unfreeze it because both counties need this program badly. And it allows you to stay at home with the same rules for nursing care. Another program is called Money Follows the Person. It's another Medicaid waiver program that allows you to stay at home. Uh, and, of course, if you want to learn more about the programs, our webinar is the place to do it because I don't have time. Now, the other thing that's really important is just like the client we were talking about, having the right documents in place before you have a crisis allows you to do uh, asset protection planning, Medicaid planning, whatever type of estate planning that you need to do. If you have the right documents, and the one document that's so important is an advanced general durable power of attorney. And I know I've said it till I'm blue in the face. Most seniors do not have that kind of power of attorney. That's why whether they come see us or another elder law attorney, it's really important to have that document. Even if you went to another attorney, a non-elder law attorney, just last year, and paid them to do your documents, that one document, if none others, generally needs to be redone to give you the kind of protection that you want to have when you're a senior. Uh, Now, for those folks who are trying to take care of their loved ones, if you have an obstinate dad or mom who says, no, I'm not doing it, I would tell you to pay a lawyer to to do the documents for them for a child there's nothing better to help protect you in terms of taking care of your parents than getting the right documents done when you need to get them done and having those documents are so important to every family 
you've seen what happens, Bill, uh, when those documents are not in place and that control is not there. So uh, you want all the tools available to you in the toolbox. Schedule an appointment to see Bill. Make sure that all your documents are up to date, or if you don't have them, get started. Schedule an appointment to see Bill. Go to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. That's also where you can register for Bill's seminars. Just click on the seminars button. And hey, if you want to learn more about the PACE program that Bill mentioned earlier, Bill also has one of his podcasts dedicated to PACE. If you go to the uh, WGALaw.com, look at Asset Protection Today podcast, you can find an episode dealing exclusively about PACE. You can also search for Asset Protection Today podcast in any of the major podcast platforms. Wherever you get your podcasts, just search for Asset Protection Today podcast. We are out of time for today, but we hope you will join us again next week. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We hope you have a great weekend. Take care.